Okay, we are speaking about the restrictions about uh, drinking in a non-Jewish establishment or location, but together with non-Jews. The starting point for this is a Gemara in Avodah Daf Lamed Aleph and Beis, and the Gemara starts off by asking Why did they prohibit the beer of non-Jews? And the Gemara gives a couple of reasons. The reason which it accepts it, Lahalacha, is that it is uh, prohibited because of Chafnas, which comes up a lot in regard to uh, various different uh, restrictions about not eating together with uh, non-Jews, eating the food of non-Jews. Um, oftentimes, the restriction relates to Chafnas, the concern about intermarriage. Um, I'll just note that Rashi uh, mentions that uh, the idea is that if a person would get used to drinking together with uh, non-Jews, then he might become very comfortable, have more meals or parties together with the individual, and then um, you can have a uh, person become interested in a non-Jew in that context. A man could be interested in a woman, a woman could be interested in a man. So, that's the explanation of Rashi. And uh, the Ramam in the Perish Mishnayis expands upon this a little bit more. Ramam has a Lashon that that we shouldn't, when we mix together with them, when we associate with them, we shouldn't end up um, getting involved in things which are prohibited. Um, the Raman says that's the chafnas he understands in a little bit of a broader way. It means basically some kind of acculturation or some kind of cultural influence um, which could take place um, if a person were to drink together with uh, in, in a non-Jewish context. The Gemara goes on then to mention two different Amoraim um, and their, how they applied these, this restriction to themselves. It says that Rav Papa, um, when he used to buy beer, he used to then take it outside of the store and he would drink it outside the store. And Rav Achoy would take it out, outside, would take it all the way back to his house and he would drink it there. Um, and the Gemara says that both of them were concerned about the issue of chasnos. That's the understanding they had in regard to this restriction. And um, both of them understood, therefore, that taking it out of the location where it was sold, where it was served, um, would address the issue. But it was a question of how far you have to go. Do you have to take it outside the store or the house? Or do you have to take it all the way home? Um, I'll just note that that actually is discussion in the postgame, because it's not clear in terms of the uh, conclusion of the Gemara. Um, and briefly there are different points of view in regard to this it's not so clear from the Shulchan Aruch um, Lamaise, there are um, in the Sefer for example of Benjamin Cohen he says that uh, that, it, that uh, many postgame are makil that just taking it outside of the location is enough you don't necessarily have to take it back to your home um, in any case that's the um, the Gemara that's basically the entire Gemara that is relevant to us and uh, the Rishonim point out, Tosos and other Rishonim point out, that in fact, this is a little bit different than other Yisurim um, that are meant to prevent intermarriage, in that most other Yisurim, when Chazal prohibited a particular food, when there's Chalavakum or, or well, let's say, in regards to, I'm sorry, Pasakum, in regards to Bishulakum, um, in regards to Vinasakum, etc. So, there are various different Yisurim that relate to chasmus when they prohibited it they um, prohibited the actual food itself uh, in this context apparently it's a situational Easter 
It depends upon the situation. The, the, the food itself, the beer itself, we assume is kosher. Um, and that's, and it remains kosher. And that's why if you take it home, you're allowed to drink it there. But you're not allowed to drink it in the location where it was sold or where it was served. Um, that's a clear, you know, distinction from some of the other Easterim. And the Rishonim point out that this Easter is different than other ones because Chazal, when instituted the various different Easterim, they had to tailor each one based upon the level of concern, uh, the, the particular specific, um, you know, uh, concerns that related to that particular uh, food and what they thought the consequences uh, might be if, if, uh, uh, um, if a Jewish person were to, you know, share it together with non-Jews. In the case, we have a situational Easter. One is not supposed to be drinking beer in the place where it was sold or served. Um, the Arach Shulchan um, mentions that, uh, that this Isur, already I mentioned in the Mishnah, this Isur is not mentioned in the Mishnah. Um, it's something which, which uh, is introduced by the Gemara, comes up in the time of the Gemara, which also is, is, is interesting, and the Rishonim point out that this distinguishes it from other um, restrictions, other prohibitions. And the Arach Shulchan has a passage in which he talks about this in detail. One of the points that he makes is that um, the, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, when the, where, where Jews were, where the Mishnah was composed, um, so in Eretz Yisrael, the, the main drink was wine. So they focused upon wine. Um, but in Bavel, the main drink was um, a particular kind of beer, a date beer. And therefore, um, when you know the Gemara was being written in the time of the Amorim, there was no restriction against beer, and they decided, therefore, they had to introduce a further restriction because the most popular drink that everybody was drinking, you know, was uh, was of concern to them that people might end up drinking together with uh, non-Jews, and therefore that's why this particular restriction came up later in the time of the Gemara. Okay, so that's the basic background in terms of the uh, the Easter against um, drinking. Now, there's a discussion that we've shown in as to what is Osir. What kinds of drinks are we talking about? A uh, number of the Rishonim, the Rambam, Tosfos, and others, and this seems to be the majority position, assume that it applies to all beer. Um, and... Um, there's a discussion, a dispute amongst them as to whether it would apply beyond regular beer. In other words, would apply, let's say they refer to a particular kind of drink that was made out of honey, would it apply to that as well? Some Rishonim say yes, some Rishonim say no. Um, and uh, the, in the, in the Beisiosi, he quotes both opinions, um, and ultimately in the, um, in the uh, Shulchan Aruch, seems to be more comprehensive and include this as well, the, this particular drink made out of honey. Um, that's the one group, and that's the majority view in the Rishonim. Um, however, the Beis Yosef does quote a view of the Rav Yah, um, who said that only the date beer used in the Gemara is included in the prohibition. It's, um, it, it, in other words, the Chazal focused upon that particular beer that they used to drink at their time, but it wasn't meant to be a con- comprehensive kind of ether, and therefore it doesn't apply to any other kind of beer. Obviously, that would, you know, that would... Uh, result in a tremendous um, leniency. So uh, that's the position of the Ravio, which is quoted um, in the Beitios. And the Beitios concludes that that uh, generally the Rishonim did not hold this way. So he seems to dismiss this point of view. And in fact, in the Shulchan Aruch, the Beitios um, in the Shulchan Aruch, the Beitios Paskins against this, he says that it includes all beer, um, following the view of most Rishonim. 
Interestingly, the uh, Darky Moshe, um, who is commenting on the Beis Yosef, written by, written by the Ramah, and he comes from the Beis Yosef, so Darky Moshe um, says that the custom in his time is that uh, people do drink regular beer made out of um, grain, and he says maybe what they're doing is they're relying upon the Ravion. That's the way the Darky Moshe presents it, and it doesn't seem like he's necessarily enthusiastic about it, he's just trying to explain the Minog. Um, in fact, in the Shulchan Aras, the Ramah quotes this, and the Lashon of the Ramah is, Some allow um, the beer, which is made out of, um, you know, things other than dates, made out of grains or, or honey, etc. And the Ramah says that this is the custom. This is our custom. So, this, he basically follows this up, in the Shulchan Aras, he says that this is the custom amongst Ashkenazim. There is a dispute um, amongst the poskim as to how to understand this Ramah. And this comes up at various different times when the Ramah uh, will reference, you know, that this is the Minog. Does the Ramah mean to advocate for this Minog and embrace it? Or is he only trying to justify the practice and say that it has a, legitim- has a legitimate basis? Um, so here, for example, the Bach, um, in his discussion of this topic, he says that really one should not rely upon the position of the Rav and people should not be drinking regular beer following the position of the Shulchan Aruch. Um, but what are you supposed to do? It's, uh, it's, uh, he puts it in the category of Mutashu Shogin Va'ayu Mezidin, that better, you know, that they do this, uh, you know, if you tell them that it's going to be a prohibited and people will transgress it anyway. Um, certainly in regard to a Dirabonon, uh, that's not good. One would avoid that. And then he says that's what the Ramah says as well. So he seems to be saying that the Ramah was basically just trying to explain the custom, not that he was embracing it or advocating for it. The Ramah might also look at Chila, um, uh, accept the view that it's better for a person not to drink regular beer um, in the location where it was sold or in a, uh, in where it was served. Um, on the other hand, the Aruch HaShulchan has a different point of view. The Aruch HaShulchan um, seems to advocate pretty strongly for the position of the Ramah, saying that, you know, he, first of all, notes that he doesn't think that anybody's careful about this. He says that, uh, we never heard people being careful in regard to this. Um, so he says that really the Ramah says that, you know, it only applies to date beer and it doesn't apply to um, simple drinks. It doesn't apply, he refers to yash or schnapps. Um, that uh, he doesn't think that, that 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 would be included in the restriction. Um, he doesn't think that other things that uh, in his day that are rum or um, or cognac, he says that uh, they are, are relatively uncommon, even though they are more significant. Um, but he says, basically, following the Ramah, he thinks that the Easter of Chaval was a relatively restricted one. And um, he seems to take this on a more lechatchila basis. So, position of the Aruch HaShulchan, again, adding some of his own svaros that the restriction only applies when it's a drink of some significance, and it only applies when it's something which is more um, common. So he says basically it almost, almost applies to nothing in his day, um, would, which would have been at the turn of the 20th century. Um, so therefore, he's of the position that it really is uh, not considered to be—it's um, not considered to be a problem. Um, so what emerges in this is the following: first of all, in terms of what drinks are included so far, um, you have. Let's for, fast forward to the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch is of the position that it is uh, it includes all beer, 
in this restriction. So any kind of beer is included. Even beyond beer might be included as well. It's something of some significance. We'll get to that later. And the position of the Ramah is that it um, it only includes date beer alone. And you have those postkin who discuss the Ramah as to whether we accept the Ramah Lachachila or whether Ramah is just trying to explain um, the custom. It really is preferable even for an Ashkenazi not to follow this. Um, I just want to note that uh, the 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 uh, Zilnagon and uh, some of the other uh, major Achronim um, do not seem to not accept the Ramah's point of view, which is further reason why even Ashkenazi might be inclined to try to follow the Shulchan Aruch in regard to this. Um, and be careful in, in regard to um, all beers. Um, and uh, in any case, then you have those posting who are Mekil. We mentioned the Aruch Shulchan by way of example. But there are posts in Hormakil as well. So it's not an absolutely decided issue, you might say. Um, if somebody were to ask, it would seem that a lot of posting probably would say that for a Svari, you have to be careful in regard to all beer. Uh, and in regard to an Ashkenazi, probably better to be careful, given you know how many posting um, advocate for, to be more careful and follow the position of the Shulchan Aruch. But, on the other hand, Yishal Milismok, the Ramah, and others, um, if a person has an extenuating uh, circumstance. This we have so far. Now, there's another heter which um, will oftentimes apply, um, and that is mentioned by uh, Tosfos and other Rishonim. They mention the following, that the prohibition only applies when a person is drinking it um, with a sense of regilus and a sense of kvius. A person who's drinking regilus means it's going to happen frequently. Regilus means, and kvius means to say that they're drinking it permanently. In other words, they get a sense of, you know, sitting and having a, a beer and enjoying it, you know, as opposed to just drinking it quickly. Um, this appears in Tosfos, it appears in the Rosh, and it appears in the Shulchan Aruch as well. And later postgame say that in order for this, the mutter, for this hatter to apply, really what is uh, the, the, the Rishonim and the Shulchan Aruch, what they're referring to are, are two different conditions. Number one, it can't be regular. Again, it can't be something which happens with any frequency. Number two, it can't be something which there's a sense of feel, like sitting and enjoying, you know, beer over an, over an extended period of time. So that would mean that if a person, let's say, for example, um, were invited, you know, to a bar, because this is where it really comes up, and the person, let's say, for example, couldn't get out of it, um, so first of all, obviously, the best thing to do is not to drink uh, beer. Um, then you're avoiding the, you know, the technically the ether. It's, it's, it might not be the right place for a person to be, but on the other hand, one should avoid... Um, drinking the very beverage that Chazal wanted to restrict that would uh, be important. If a person would have to drink a beer for some reason or another in such a place, so then, number one, they shouldn't do it regularly. It should never be a regular occurrence. Number two, they should also make sure that when they drink it, it should be something that they don't sit and enjoy for an extended period of time. It should be what's referred to as um, it should be happening uh, it should be happening like in which the Chachmas Adam means that you drink it as if you're thirsty. So drink it relatively quickly, and uh, that way you're not sitting around and, you know, drinking beer as an activity. Uh, together with other people, you drink the beer relatively quickly, um, and uh, that would address both these concerns. So it means that a person should never set up a time when they go out with other people, um, you know, to drink beer. Um, it shouldn't be a regular occurrence. Number two, it's, uh, you know, in, in, in a, some bar or something like that. And number two, it should be something which the, the, the person should make sure, even when they're out, 
um, it's better to make sure to drink it more quickly rather than drink it over a long period of time. So I'm going to note that this restriction, this ethur, uh, um, applies even if a person were to drink all by oneself. Let's say, for example, if the person said, you know, I want to go once a week to a bar and they serve me, uh, you know, a beer which I know is kosher, I like to drink, uh, you know, in this bar. So the the, the prohibition is not only drinking together with non-Jews per se, in the company of non-Jews that you know, it's even prohibited for a person to go into the place at all, right? That's what appears in the Gemara. I'm talking about the Amorim were drinking together with other people. It means that they were, it means that they were drinking, um, you know, the problem was drinking even in location, even if there was nobody else there. That's something got to keep in mind as well. So this relates to, again, drinking in a bar, um, certainly, um, question is whether where else it could apply. A restaurant probably is better, at least in terms of the whole ambiance and atmosphere. Um, even though if it's a restaurant where you know they serve beer, um, then you know possibly on, a, on paper the restrictions might still apply. Um, and uh, you know, it's, um, in any case, any non-Jewish setting, um, it, this problem applies. It applies most directly in regard to a place like a bar where this is a, you know, what they do, this is what they serve. And uh, in the case, one should try to be careful in the way that I described. Certainly for, for Svarim, it's uh, more strict according to the letter of the law based upon the um, Shulchan Aruch. And um, according to the Ramah, there may be room for, for Ashkenazim, there may be room for leniency. Now, there is also another hatha which is mentioned by some Rishonim, and that is the Mokom Eva. Um, if a person, let's say, were concerned about the significant animosity um, that might occur, that would be a reason for Hatter. Usually, that's not going to happen, we assume, but if uh, for some reason one were concerned about that. Um, also, of course, a person might sometimes be concerned about keeping a job. That's already, you know, something to ask the Shiloh about, to what degree one takes that into account um, if you're concerned about uh, your Parnassah. Um, okay. That's what we have uh, so far. Now, let's move on to another very interesting question, which is the um, question of drinking coffee in a non-Jewish setting. If you take it to its extreme, can I go into um, a non-Jewish coffee store? Let's say, if I make sure, if, I, if I'm confident that uh, if I go into a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks, two of the most popular ones, I'm confident that, um, you know, that that uh, the coffee is kosher, is there a problem with me drinking there? So, the, the simple reading of the halacha is that it encompasses Shechar and doesn't necessarily extend beyond Shechar, but already the postkin, a number of postkin, um, Rav Yaakov Emden, this is quoted by uh, the Birke Yosef, right, really important Achronim and others, um, who mentioned the possibility that in regard to coffee, which they considered apparently to be a drink of some significance, people would socialize over coffee. So they assumed that if Zilbacher Taima followed the rationale behind the halacha, the halacha is you don't want Jews and non-Jews socializing over drinks together, maybe there's room to prohibit not only an alcoholic drink, like for example beer, but even something non-alcoholic like for example coffee as well. And they specifically identify um, coffee as being the issue. There are a number of, again, major achronim who thought that coffee should be included in the Yisra. Um 
Now, we've discussed in a number of different places. If you need to take a look at the Tishtay Tshuva, on the page of the Shulchan Aruch, the beginning of Simon Kufi Dalid, um, he, discuss, he mentions this issue briefly. Um, but again, a number of poskim discuss this. Um, there are a significant number of poskim who say that it doesn't include coffee. Uh, you know, in the, let's say, for example, in the Ben Ishchai, um, he mentions that the custom in Baghdad was that people would drink coffee um, in uh, coffee houses. So, again, let's go back for a second, backtrack for a second. In regard to, you know, Svartim, so there's a little bit, we start off with a little bit less wiggle room, because they're already, you know, they they assume that Sheikha, all Sheikha is prohibited. So it's not so much of a stretch to say, okay, so then maybe coffee is prohibited as well. Um, and then there's a debate in regard to it. Okay, so again, you have post on one side of the issue and the other. Um, in regard to Ashkenazim, obviously there's a little bit more room for leniency because we, the position of the Ramah, or the, at least the uh, position the Ramah cites, is that um, it only applied to date beer alone. And that was the only beer which was ever prohibited. It doesn't apply to any other drink. It doesn't apply to any other kind of beer, much less any other drink which is not beer. So that's even more reason for leniency. And then you can, again, say that even if it included beer, maybe it doesn't actually include coffee. So this is a discussion and debate um, amongst the postings. Really, halacha lamaisa, um, some of the postings, it seems, you know, in regards to coffee, certainly it's difficult to say that it's author, you know, even though there are views that you can, you can uh, cite that uh, seem to take a restrictive approach. But after all is said and done, it seems uh, difficult, based on what we described now, to prohibit coffee. Certainly, for again, for Ashkenazim, there's even a stronger case that uh, coffee should be permissible. Um, but, nonetheless, it's interesting to note that the Chachmas Adam um, mentions a, uh, what I would call a broader concern. And the Chachmas Adam, he's not the only one to do this, but his uh, presentation is really very strong. He says, look, if people drink uh, coffee, and he refers to hot chocolate as well, um, in a non-Jewish setting, but then really, it's very difficult to prohibit it. It's, you can't tell the person they're doing something wrong. But he says, He says, in his day, this is, you know, like a generation after the Vilna Gon, he says, many um, terrible things happen as a consequence of the front coffee. And then he refers to, he says, He says, immorality actually emerged in this. And as a consequence, he concludes, Nobody should go into their houses or their stores in order to drink anything um, if a person has even a reach of Torah, a fragrance of Torah. So this is something to note, that, um, which is a more general kind of point, which is really critical because there's a keeping to the letter of the law and there's keeping to the spirit of the halacha as well. And the whole spirit of the halacha was that uh, Chazal were very concerned about Jews mixing together with non-Jews and, uh, you know, picking up, um, you know, elements of their culture, um, being influenced uh, by them over the course of time if there would be these bonds that would, uh, that would be created. And that general concern, obviously, is, is something to be very attentive to, even if one is re- remaining within the bounds of Allah in terms of the letter of the law. Here is what the Chachmah Sodom is saying that you have to think to yourself as to whether this is having some kind of impact upon the individual. So this is why there's a very strong logic to say, in regards to coffee, where there's a very strong basis, you know, to uh, permit coffee per se, but let's say, for example, 
you know, a person would say that they have uh, non-Jewish co-workers and they want to go out, let's for example, for coffee once a week. So this is where a person just has to think a little bit as to whether this is, in terms of the spirit of the law, um, even if coffee were technically permissible, is this really something which is, which is uh, you know, is, is going to lead a person to being influenced? Um, or is the person confident they're not going to be influenced in any which way? Um, because it's something which is regular, going back to some of the uh, things we pointed out before, something which is regular, let's say, you know, they noted before, in a circumstance where they plan on going on a regular basis, and they sit, and they drink, and they sip, and, you know, you enjoy something together. It's, the, the, that hectare doesn't apply in a circumstance where they're going out you know, to enjoy a coffee together, something along those lines. So this is where, even if one were to, um, if one were to, uh, remain within the the strict confines of the halacha. One has to weigh this other issue very seriously, um, which is ashkafa, but it's ashkafa halacha lamaisa. You might say it has a real impact upon people as to w- whether the particular setting and circumstance is considered to be appropriate. Certainly, 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 in regard to going out to a bar, you know, theoretically, a person could get away, you know, with in quotation marks hotelim to go to a bar based upon what we said before, and they can say it's a ramah. I'm allowed to go to a bar. Obviously, the, it, it would seem very clear, um, having in mind this Chachma Sadam and, and others who uh, were, were very concerned about the impact that such settings could have on the individual, it would seem that that's the wrong thing to do. If somebody who is trying to uh, you know, uphold the uh, values of the Torah um, would not be in such a setting, if at all possible, ever. And if they have to go to such a setting, they would try to figure out how to mitigate the concerns to the greatest degree possible. Not to drink an al- alcoholic beverage, which is what Chazal were um, primarily focused upon it in the Gemara, and not to necessarily turn it into a whole event. You know, if a person has to go to a, a, a some kind of uh, you know, and have to be present in such a circumstance that they can they can leave after a short period of time, obviously that would be uh, preferable as well. So, in any case, this is um, a little bit of an overview of um, restrictions against drinking in a non-Jewish environment. Again, it's a situational um, restriction. Um, it uh, can apply in, in the, in, let's say, for example, a store, an establishment, um, a bar, restaurant, etc. It also can apply in a non-Jew's home. Let's say, for example, if a Jew knows a non-Jew and they get together, the same basic kinds of questions can come up in which a person has to weigh, number one, the letter of the law, but also has to maintain a certain um, propriety from the perspective of the halacha and the Torah in terms of uh, what they do. Um, and and uh, in any case, uh, each person should uh, try to make sure to follow both the letter and the spirit of the halacha. And if they have questions, they should already consult with, uh, you know, a, uh, a rabbi or rav in order to get guidance.